You're listening to Emma Nash, Screen Queens. Hello, you're listening to Emma Nash, Screen Queens, in which we tell you what to scroll past if you're still sitting in your house, you might be one of them, or what you should probably avoid this week, spoiler alert, if you are going out to the cinemas. I'm Ash, here is Em. Hello, hello. Good evening. Hi, listeners. And that's producer Stu. Ahoy, ahoy. All right. I'm not going to make any banging noises on my desk this week. I'm pretty excited about that because I'm in my bed. I've taken the big arm off the microphone that Stuart got us for Christmas and I've just wedged it between my knees and I'm sat on my bed. So I'm surrounded by soft furnishings. Give me like a proper recording. That's like a, but you're, you're going to sound amazing. It's like when we very mm. first started doing this podcast and we tried to do it in a blanket pool. I seem to remember like yes. putting pillows around myself. That never worked. Yes. I now just bang on a desk, let my dog bark, sometimes yeah. open a door. I think we were talking into our phones at the beginning as well. That was maybe the issue. <laughs> you ever told me that you were talking into your phones? Well, the very first one that I've since deleted mm. from um, the uploading little site thing we have. We were as well. I was in the bedroom before it burnt down. And yeah, we were trying to do a kind of fake stage in the screen. So we, yeah, it was, yeah. Mm, Into it was our great. fucking phones. It was amazing. I loved it. I can't believe it's been... How's everyone's... How Now, obviously, we're, we're now recording every like couple of weeks because, you know, end of lockdown, people have got other things to do than listen to 900 hours of our podcasts. And we maybe have better things to do than... Life. Not better, other things to do than record this podcast. But because I've done lots of exciting things, listen to me, and I still have I've done about lots. <laughs> How's your week's been? I, do, I know, Ashley, where you are. I'm sorry. We're back in lockdown. Partner with good shouts. One of the chefs at work pinged. tested. Oh, no, we, we, we locked down because David got pinged a couple weeks ago. And then we had to lock down again this week while we wait for a proper PCR test of David because one of the chefs at his work has tested positive. Um, so was this so yeah. proper close contact track and trace then? So have you been wrong? Oh no, it wasn't even basis? wasn't even track and trace, no. So yeah, he just, they were alerted on Saturday morning that a chef he'd been working with has tested positive. So he was like, great, I've been at work with that guy for three days, cool. So restaurant shut. Haven't even bothered to write rotors because they're waiting to see how many staff they have. Because when when you have to get a proper PCR test, because a little quick test you can do at home. We've got loads of those. Like you, we do them before we go out and stuff, but that won't show up COVID for several days. So you've got to send off for a proper one. So because it happened on the Saturday, they normally get out to you within 48 hours. But obviously we had to wait till Monday to get that. Sent it off Monday. Hopefully it might be back Wednesday, but probably Thursday, maybe Friday. So we'll know if but, our partner with the shouts has the vid or not. Well, I believe, Ashley, you secretly said, of course, you're living your best life. Because Love it means this shit. Loads of how shit done. You're not abandoned between the hours of like 6 and 3 a.m. with your partner with the good shouts being in hospitality. Lovely. Yeah, and we've been sinking down. We are late to this party. Big Mouth on Netflix is the best thing that's ever happened to me. It is well, it's the best. It's the best thing that's ever happened to my um, sort of tween children, I must admit, Ash. So share with me. It's Nick Kroll, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, yeah, created by um, comedian Nick Kroll. And he's got a smorgasbord 
of celebrity voices. So you've got like John Mulaney in there, Fred Armisen, Maya Rudolph is incredible in this, Jordan Peele, Andrew Rannells, and Richard Kind um, for an oldie but goodie. Um, but no, your big twin reminds me of the one of the tall leads with the little moustache. The very oh. over-sexual one though. He's very worried, so his sex monster that follows them around like there's the little one that just can't get anything going but the big one is maybe developing too fast and he's very frightened because it is all as from what i understand it is all kind of a bit it's about puberty isn't it but told in a yeah. very kind of animated and fun yeah like i said kids the kids the kids love it so talking of though kids and you know advanced puberty if you like or not as the case may be i have just got back as we've discussed on this podcast i have popped my festival cherry and i went to latitude quite possibly the nicest poshest festival you will ever go to everyone is so nice everyone is so middle class it's near southwell for heaven's sakes obviously and you have to have every piece of food is 10 pounds or more frankly that sounds pretty good tacos yeah. <laughs> chips and nacho cheese with gravy or churros i think all my children i mean the big twin basically churros are just air you can't charge a tenner for churros well it turns out they can charge 24 pounds for a mega a chuzza bucket as they called it a mega chuzza bucket which was 36 churros for 24 pounds i think might have been the other way around anyway the big twin was just obsessed with churros all weekend uh, the small twin and Judgy Jago, Judgy Jago lived his best life. He was raging to the Chemical Brothers mm. and he also was equally raging to Rick Astley in a pink suit. And my I love for Rick Astley, was Rick Astley, I won't hear a word. I he saw something awesome. on your stories. I was like, is that Rick fucking Astley? Low I wouldn't even say Rick fucking Astley. It was Rick <laughs> fucking it was rick fucking dalton it was rick rick fucking Ashley, and he was awesome um as were the chemical brothers as was stewart's favorite sir billa bailey who i really Ooh, must have bailey. seen like several times haven't you i've definitely Steve? seen him at least twice i had never seen him and i had no idea how ridiculously musically talented he is but oh, he yeah. does like the handbells and the pat and the pipe it's and the a music show when you go to bill bailey because he has yeah. like four keyboards set up and he does percussion and other stuff as well he's really good did you stop by and see Catherine ryan my favorite babe she was there well i'm gonna tell you something about this i did not go and see Catherine ryan in the comedy <laughs> temp because the comedy temp was really hot and sweaty and really i think the headliners were simon amstel Catherine Ryan on a middle night and then Joe Brand and apparently Catherine Ryan's headline set was not all that because I think it's a very different experience I think doing a stand-up comedy show to a festival crowd than it is to a crowd who paid to come see you in a theatre yeah. however husband with a bad taste and I went hard and relived all our teen years on the Friday night to such an extent that he even put me on, my sh on his shoulders in a disco which given my advanced years and um you know did you pop a hit probably junkie you will know he nearly popped his shoulder i reckon <laughs> and my face was just like oh my god please your don't boobs die. weigh five stone emma so christ well this is it <laughs> um he hasn't actually done that since i think Europe. no not Europe. again to 2000 world cup 2000 he won he carried on my shoulders for it to a party when we were singing three lines anyway blah 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 so we were feeling pretty <laughs> sorry for ourselves after a 3 a.m. finish. Oh, no, actually, this will make you laugh because we finished off by, in Latitude, it's very nice. They have these lovely woods and they have these little discos and mm. we ended up at one of the ones and they were playing the Backstreet Boys. Then some gurning dude called Lee came up to us 
and was surprisingly impressed by Munch and then turned, I was, you know, like giving Munch his life story and then turned around to me and went, and this is your sister. And we both kind of looked at him and went, you said your auntie? Is it your mum? At which point I was like, <gasps> we are going home. We I are know. outie. I was like, I clearly need to put a face mask on. Outie. <laughs> Very rude. Anyway, feeling a little sorry for ourselves the next day. So we went to go and see one of the podcasts being um, recorded in the listening tent. And it was a women's literary podcast. Mm. And Catherine Ryan was the guest. And oh. Catherine Ryan was significantly more fun than the host. And I've got to try and find out the host's name. Of course and she I can't was. Remember. Catherine Ryan also has a great podcast called Telling Everybody Everything. So give that a listen. Yeah, she talked about her podcast, which sounded a lot more fun than this podcast, because basically this lady came on and was hosting. It was like, apologies to my regular listeners. My voice is really wrecked because, you know, I'm, I'm at Latitude and it was quite the night last night. So Catherine Ryan was trying to eke out of her why it might have been quite the night. Oh. And she just refused to say anything. And Catherine Ryan was like, well, tell us. Was it sexual? Was it this? Was that? Yeah. <laughs> but she just, it was terrible. It was, oh, it, was not, it was not a good start to the podcast. And then she basically just phrased the same question over and over again, which was like, so oh, Catherine no. Ryan, is it difficult being a female stand-up comedian? And that was the beast. She so hates shit like that, that as well. Yeah, Catherine it does not like it. I thought, Ash, that, you know, 2022 Latitude, I thought Emma Ash Screen Queens should be, you know, basically I pushing ourselves. Being a local podcast. I know I might have some kids to sling along <laughs> by that point, but I think I might rather die. That's like you asking me <laughs> if I'd like to be a Waitrose ambassador, I think. Yeah, no. There's more I was thinking we could record our own podcast. I'm just saying that our oh, podcast we'll, we'll is go better and quality. I'll go if I'm getting paid. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you get paid, but you might just you might get a free entry for it. Maybe you can that counts as Lake paid. Free stuff counts you, as paid. You can listen to Damon Albarn play his his oh, kind of Japanese nose flute whilst being drowned out by rudimental and other such fun. Anyway, I had a riot <laughs> because it didn't biblically storm. Did you guys have biblical storms on Sunday night? No, not good stuff. Yeah, all of the forecast storms have sort of skipped past good old Cambridge land. I know that London got it hard. They flooded. There was another festival. All the mega basements flooded. Stand and Calling, which is the other kind of localish festival where my naughty teenage niece was at, being generally wild, I think. And my brother, get off my dick, Richard, had been allocated to go there to keep an eye on her. Mm. He made the rookie mistake of sleeping in the general campaign, got kept up by what? a gurning, raving dude in the tent next to him till 5am, then tripped over a guy rope, gave himself a black eye, and then the whole thing was called off on Sunday. He had a miserable weekend. Good. Dear Get off my dick. Richard has no business being anywhere like that. <laughs> he does not belong, and he was cast out. It's like Glastonbury. You have to make sure when you go there... I've only, been, I've only been once, Christ. I, I would never about, go, you've no. got You've got to make but sure you... But you've got to make sure you you, you camp uphill. So if it does yeah. flood, you the don't shit get... runs downhill. Exactly. You've got guaranteed tickets for next year, though, haven't you, Stuart? Because oh, they've been booted on from yes. 2020. Is that not right? Stuart was meant to go two years ago. Yeah, 2019. I'm not ready for Glastonbury. So I don't think Glastonbury I ever will ready. be. Yeah. I would glamp at Glastonbury, but I think it's a huge waste of money. Because honestly, I'm so nonplussed by... I'm going to sound like a wanker. Modern, sharp music. Don't give a fuck about who's famous at the moment. Like... If I want to see Dolly Parton, I ha I will and I have paid several times to see her on her own. Paid to see the Chemical Brothers on their own. I don't want to spend but three the, days the thing is, wet wiping my undercarriage rather than having a bathroom. The thing is, I'm the same. <laughs> I couldn't give a monkeys about the latest chart-topping acts. And yes, they will be there. Some of the 
older chart topping acts. Don't tell there. me it's the atmosphere and I love it because you know I won't. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not going to tell you the atmosphere and you love it, but I'm, I'm saying like, I, I like the variety of stuff because it's, it's yeah. like it, for, the, for the weekend of Glastonbury, it becomes the smallest, the largest town pretty much in the southwest just by yeah. being a festival. So there's so much going it on. Must... It's like 120,000 people, isn't it, Glastonbury? Ah, it's a hard yeah. pass from that me. many? Or have I made that up? It, it's, it's a fuck ton of people, yeah. It's a, I think it's about three times the size of latitude, and that was big. I mean, my step count was like, my step count, talk about middle class festivals, my step count was something like 35,000. <laughs> Basically marching around to get Jago unaccompanied kid wristbands or picking people, you know. It, yeah, like you say, but I think there is, it's not the, it's not like to say you love the atmosphere, Ash, of having to queue up for half an hour to buy a seven pound beer in a plastic cup. But there is something, oh, I know. I don't we queue were lucky. up for the this, was lovely. No. You wear a, and I think as, wear one of the big dresses like you have on today and you gaffer tape two oh, one litre bottles of vodka to your inner thighs and you just... John Wayne it through the doors because you're not allowed to do proper airport checks there. Everyone was me sorted all day. You sneak in white wine. You sneak in the you know the middle of the white wine box. That's what you do. You put that down your tray. And then when you're finished with it, then you can take the plastic bag out of the middle of the white wine box and use it as a pillow. Blow it back up. We used to do that backpacking back in the nineties. But what I was going to say was, I think this time for me, and this is a week after we've been to a wedding as well. It's just this whole feeling of eighteen months, and obviously with latitude, it was a government test event, so you had to either, and they were big. They, it was pretty. They were hot on this. You had to either have your double vaccine passport or your NHS proof of a lateral flow test. They tested test every single person. In. They checked everyone. They checked oh your. Gosh. They checked everybody's digital um, phone or whatever. It's wow. not to say that there won't be some kids coming back from COVID with COVID. Yeah, pretty sure that when you're that's 60, better checking they have in most places. It, no, it well, it, yeah, it was good. I mean, there were you know, like I say, we were camping with some sixteen-year-olds, and we pretty much didn't see them until like six a.m. They rolled in after having been in the COVID soup, probably of the woods. <laughs> the I'll tell you what, though, latitude, hey, hellish middle classness that it does sound like. It's a really good buffer bridge event if you've got willing, open parents or adults like you guys who will take groups of people to have a kind of safe but wild experiment. So how many 16-year-olds are allowed to roll in at 6 a.m.? That's not okay. How many kids are allowed to stay up till midnight watching live music? That never happens. Yeah. But they're allowed to experiment like this so they don't go fucking insane when they turn 18 and do dumb shit. I think, I think you're right. And I think that's, and it is, you do feel incredibly safe when you get there because obviously the, 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 the gates were really well policed and the wristbands were well policed and they have their obviously like they would say it takes a village like you were saying about Glastonbury Stuart it turns into it is an enormous you know 40,000 people I think are at latitude and that's about the size of Saffron Walden all in like a Suffolk if you lost Jago within 15 minutes another person would have grabbed him and taken him to somewhere where you would find him like you'd have been sure. radioed over the tannoys and he'll been fine didn't need to be because he rang me pretty much every minute this where are you just... i want churros where are you my card is not working where are you can i get a every time where i go you? out with Stuart, you must have seen it as well but every single time i've been out with emma when she's left the house either jake judgy jago or her dad not 30 minutes goes by she's not even just text by these people no. they very audaciously 
as a millennials that we are, that is rude to directly telephone someone. I don't wish to be telephoned by anyone. And they ring her. They don't even text her so she can ignore them. I've, I've definitely... Oh, Kendrick I've... rang me and I did ignore him. I made Theo speak to him. Kendrick I... just rang me to tell me how bad the weather was. We've definitely been in the pub before and you've disappeared for 10 minutes to like a different table while Kendrick's on the phone. don't answer. What's the worst that can happen? Don't answer. <laughs> wait until, wait until you... This is why are... we're not... But we're not getting killed by serial killers anymore. Fuck the 70s. You guys didn't know what you were doing. If we're not <laughs> expecting someone, we don't answer the front door. The if Amazon you... will leave it behind the bins. It's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. Next week I, on the I, podcast, we're reviewing the read. Amazon murders. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. She hates, they had, she hates they had the They had the Craigslist murders, so we haven't had the Amazon murders because mm. millennials buy from Amazon and don't answer the door and we know exactly what we're doing so, so. that leads us nicely does it into so i basically didn't ask everyone Stuart about what, what he done. did i've done fuck all because i'm quarantining at home you've been doing real life things at a festival with a million people in a wedding could not be more parallel Stuart. i guess you're somewhere in the middle peak wedding season over here last weekend was a stag do in norwich um that Ooh. was like the first stag do in the uk i've been on and it was remarkably tame and i'm so grateful for it i'd never want to be on one of those stag do's where the lads dress up the they're horrendous Take yeah it from me but the ones where they dress up the groom <laughs> as like a giant baby or put him in a gimp suit or dress him up in a, as a woman Hang none of that him to a lamppost 400 miles away from the wedding venue yeah. the worst thing <laughs> that happened was we went go-karting we had a, a very lovely morning. We had we basically did brunch in Barry St. Edmunds. All got in cars. Oh I know, right? It was basically you sound like Emma. All yeah. about middle class. I know, right? <laughs> so we had we 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 went to Barry St. Edmunds. This lovely little place for food. We then we went to go karting, um, somewhere off the A14 between uh, Norfolk and Suffolk. And the most extreme thing that happened was that we we did about. 16 laps or eight races of about six laps each i can't remember exactly but about a third of the way through this experience the best man bless him the guy who's organized everything and, and everything he he shit his pants the other way <laughs> weed his pants no the other weed way vomited his pants he, and if you think what well, do you what do you wear hand. when you go in a in a race car a helmet and what he's sick in his helmet he's sick the, in the his more helmet. you say it, the worse it sounds. Yeah, the, he, was, he was so hungover. No, we hadn't even started drinking. Because <laughs> it was that the, wedding is going to be so lame. If you think how hot it was, <laughs> you think how hot it was last weekend, right? And then we're indoors, Ooh, yeah, we're true. in boiler suits, we're on tiny little diesel engines, we've got helmets on, the air conditioning is subpar. Not only was it fucking hot in there and inside what you're wearing, he turns out he's right, he gets motion sickness, and so. Apparently, having spoken to his ex, who we're still friends with, um, it was inevitable. Um, so that was unfortunate for him. Uh, did, his, did his ex did plan he... the, no. the stag do to sabotage yes. him? No, 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 no. Did he not plan it, though? He's the best man. Why did he plan something when he suffered some motion sickness? I, I guess he didn't man. think it was going to be an issue. I don't know. That actually is possibly the most most middle class thing. That's even more middle class than most things I yeah. see on this podcast, which is when Stuart went, the air conditioning was subpar. Yep. On my stag weekend. Exactly. These are the sort of things that. So my, my stag, whenever that happens, is going to be very, very safe, wholesome experience. Will it not be a wheel, 
Not if I fucking Will there not be a wheel away. of justice involved in Hamburg? We talked about that before. That was under the bad taste, Stag dude. It was after the wheel of justice, like a lazy Susan. Bloody hell. Stag dudes are so <laughs> much more fun than hen dudes, though. I've been on more stag dudes than hen dudes. They are generally more enjoyable. Hen dudes? Hen- like, hen- my hen was especially- so dull. Mm-hmm. Did you have to have, like, elder female relatives, though? Well, yeah, we went to Rome, and I had my oh, sister-in-law, get off my dicks, Richard's wife, who was pregnant. My sister, who, Melanie, who is lovely, um, but she was terrible. And then someone who got turned out in the airport because... Well, you had her, to move her uh, to Australia. That's that how annoying she is. Someone else had <laughs> left. She, you're not annoying, Melanie. We love you. Regular listener, don't be rude. Don't, don't ostracise both my siblings, actually. It's fun. Um... No, yeah, we had a lot of pregnant women and a lot of women who'd left their babies for the first time. So it was, it, we just had a nice dinner in Rome. And, and whereas James, yeah. really, yeah, they, they went hard. What was quite they interesting with hard. the stag do is it, is it was basically all of Adam, the, the, the groom's friends, in one group, one day out, done, sorted. But the bride is apparently very popular, but has a lot of cliquey different groups and they don't all overlap. So she's had one Hindu with her nice. Cambridge friends, one Hindu with her very friends and old friends from school i guess and then another friends like hindu with like family and stuff like the the aunts and the mums and whatnot so you she's three hindus exactly yeah i'm surprised she's still alive but um they, apparently they were quite tame Speak as well yeah if you guys had to guess what my world's worst nightmare of a holiday would be for me where would you send me to do what magaloof close ibiza yes <laughs> That's the he- that's the stag do I went on. It gets worse. So my one of my very besties from school, Alex, was getting married to someone else. They broke up, but so close to the wedding that stag do was already paid for, deposits and all that, flights booked, and some of his lame friends have pussy whipped wives, which I hope they've all divorced before now. <laughs> Would no longer let them go on this holiday. They've already booked with their friends. I'm like. Rally around your mate. He's just called off a wedding. Now's the time for a, a, a lad's holiday to cheer him up. It was meant to be his fucking stag do. How sad is this? But two of them, two of them weren't allowed to come. So I ended up going with another friend of ours. And yeah, my life's worst fucking nightmare is to be in the cheap shit side of Ibiza with a load of fucking stags from fucking Huntingdon, which is where I'm from as well. No shade, but we're a particular breed. They love a good night out and they just were all went clubbing so i would go out to dinner with them and then they parked me in an 80s bar and on the big screen in the 80s bar they played wayne's world one and two back to back and they left me there for like four hours while they went clubbing came to get me and we all just went back to the hotel it was great happy place <laughs> happy, like, happy happy place? times <laughs> i went to tenerife when i was 18 and that was not my that was not my finest i everyone just was like you're so fucking posh you're so posh and i was like i'm really not even that posh i've messaged can you i bet tenerife in the 90s was posh emma tenerife in no, tenerife, no, ten- no 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 Playa de les americas has never been posh oh yeah <laughs> We 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 no, no, no. when I went to Tenerife we dipped our toes into Plaza de Americas and we were like uh no thank um, you I will dip grim back right out. Stuart it's really grim I I mean it's yeah. grim it surprises me that I went there yeah. it surprises myself I'm uber middle class can't believe it welcome anyway, to the go, middle class tourism podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. stop saying middle class honestly David says it to me partner with a good shot says it to me all the time to rile me up he knows it pisses me off. 
Yeah, but like, I'd, I'd like I say, you always pretend you're working class, Ash, but I see this. <laughs> Particularly not looking at your glorious bed that you're lying on, that you're lounging on. This your was crafty, designed by bed. Fern Cotton, and I bought it like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, she came around and actually she carved From it out with herself. Co.uk. <laughs> Anyway, right. I'm gonna ask very quickly before we say what's on this week. Have either of you two been watching the Olympics? Olympics? Is that? Do you do that? I Quite watch fun with the, the red I watch button. the Winter Olympics. Mm. I don't watch the summer. I I haven't been watching we, this one because it's sort of because you know we we're having our most successful first four days ever of the Olympics. It's because basically we've decided to, as Ash would say, it's not like nepotism. It's like if you stick money in sports. Turns out, oh, turns money out, money, money, government money, whatever. If turns out you win some medals. Stuff, goes brilliantly like but it health, was health care and in, social programs yeah exactly who gives a shit about that we just want gold medals but it, in a slight connection to this podcast i suppose i was great entertainment i was watching the highlights uh last night so tom daly what finally won his have gold seen medal. Tom him daly, national treasure the diver the diver who Married lost to Dustin Lance black who made you milk. just ruined my oh, whole surprise sorry. there that's what i was gonna say claire oh, bolding was desperate to get Dustin Lance Black on because she knew that because he is a screenwriter from Milk, from the Sean Penn Oscar-winning film mm-hmm. Milk about Harvey Milk. Um, he's Canadian. He's up in Canada, I think, screenwriting some other film. But yeah, Claire Balding was desperate. They they had Tom Daly's mum being interviewed. And Claire Balding was just like always, and is Dustin available? Maybe Dustin's around for us to chat to. Could we chat to Dustin? Because obviously it's a very odd olympics because no one's in tokyo other than the athletes and they all have to have players clutching for content ceremony interviews in a sort of little in a very rather sad little team gb room with their with t- i'm not sad for them obviously they've won medals that's amazing it is all it's all amazing the Lack-luster u.s athlete press masks look like bane there's been a whole thing about in the u.s press about how the the u.s athletes are wearing these very like super medical level masks that they're shaped a bit they look exactly like they're expecting one of us in the wreckage brother <laughs> they masks i was with bourbon into it exactly but um anyway yeah they were very very keen to bring um dustin lance black in for mm. some kind of glamorous uh hollywood content claire balding in particular was overjoyed by that but i'm quite liking it japan being eight hours ahead means you wake up you can stick some highlights on Boom, your Olympics input is done in like, you know, 20 minutes flat. So you've got to do it. I'm going to sit around and kind of, you know, snog, you know. By the time I got a gold medal, I was already a man. How, I, yeah, I don't know how we got away for that I many seconds without Stuart doing his, yeah. Oh, and you. Actually, one of them as kids does do a very good Bane. I think it's my one. <laughs> my, it's your one. It's, it's yeah. middle twin. Miles does an excellent Bane impression. He's very good but, Bane. I feel this this podcast, although heaven knows won't actually be up there, will give you some opportunity of what you could be watching instead of Lou Yeah, well, hard burn, Stuart. <laughs> some of us have jobs, Emma. Yeah, middle class. <laughs> you'll find I have a job. I have got to be up, ready to go. I've got three thousand German... children by eight different men. <laughs> <laughs> one of them's at summer school two of them are lying in bed all day and i have got to be at this very spot in the middle of the house it's the only place where the wi-fi works for a big teams meeting with my biggest german supplier but basically i'm just going to serve them with the fact that last we're year we turned over three hundred fifty thousand. year to date we've done three hundred thousand. We're we're forecasting 500 515 you work that out it's like a 35 percent increase whoa no my, drop, my drop i'm out i'm just gonna literally turn up at 8 a.m be like check my figures out i'm off 
I won't be. Please, please don't drop your mic. You need that for podcasting. <laughs> anyway, I was going to say that this mic. podcast will give you things to watch if A, you're still locked down, which let's not forget many people in Australia are now tragically locked down after mm. enjoying freedom for many years, or you don't want to watch the Olympics. And Ashley, tell us what we're going to be talking about. All right. So I I'm did... so stuck into this wine. It's gonna be a messy podcast. I just I don't know if you noticed. I got a delivery from partner with a good shout. So he brought me I a did. little plastic box of ice to go with my rum because he's a fucking professional. You can tell he's missing work. Um, so we already talked about Bib Mouth, but the new stuff we've got Fear Street. You wish three parter. I think it's only gonna be three parter. Um, up on Netflix. Um, we also have. Raising a school shooter, which is my little bit of dark murderiness that you know I like. Um, I'll scoot over it as quickly as I can. Um, I made it to an actual cinema before I got re-locked down, before we were isolating before, um, to see the new Space Jam. And then well, Stuart's going to take the floor, because we've all been revisiting um, some older stuff as we run out of Netflix shite to watch. But we all really like Fantastic Mr. Fox, um, and Stuart has just seen that, so we're going to talk about that. And then something I really mean to watch, and actually, I did watch the first episode of this, now I've seen it. Schmigadoon um, looks incredible, like a musical mashup with a sitcom, Keegan-Michael Key's fronting that one. Looks great, and I really will get stuck into that once I stop being obsessed with Big Mouth. But I've got like four more seasons of that to go, I reckon. Alas. Okay. What, um, well, I'll tell people what Fear Street is, and then you, because have you only seen the first one, Emma? I've only seen the first one, so I understand it's a trilogy, but I watched the first one. So you, well, I don't, oh, I can do it the other way around. I can introduce it and then hand over to you because you've seen all three and I can give my input. No, well, the third one I don't think has dropped yet. I hope it hasn't because if it has, then that's where I'm going immediately and I'm going to speed this shit up so I can go and watch it. But I think, <laughs> um, well, especially for um, middle millennials like me, I don't know if you would have read them, Emma, as a, as a young person, but R.L. Stein's books, did you pick those up or were you too old when no, they came out? I okay, so I didn't realise until I started watching this because obviously R.L. Stein's, the adaptation of Goosebumps mm. came out, the big screen adaptation with Jack Black and all that, which was an excellent big screen adaptation. I haven't came seen out, what, that maybe? yet, and I fucking lived for Goosebumps when I was Have younger. You? Yeah, I know, because I remember talking about this, I think, on, on Fun's and Seeds, a movie show that we used to do. I feel like we used to, we talked about it on that. And, and funnily enough, I took the kids to all go and see Goosebumps, which was a PG-13, at the cinema. Really, really smart, funny, slightly scary cool. for younger kids kind of thing. And it got them well into then the Goosebumps books. And actually, we all read. So I've read some of the Goosebumps books. I didn't realise I'd seen the kind of Fear Street popping up on the Netflix thing. I did not realise it was R.L. Stein's kind of slightly, I guess, skewed at a slightly older Slight, audience. So tween, well, older tween books, yeah, because Goosebumps yeah. were really for kids back I'd in the day these teen, before we were scared. These must be for teenagers. Yeah. I mean, because they are, they're, it's an it's 18 bloody. It's bloody. So it's, mm -hmm. um, it's kind of a mashup. I, d I can't, I never read this series of books. Um, I only read the ones for younger kids. But so I don't know if the original stories aped the seventies and eighties horror films as closely as these adaptations do. I'm going to tell you, Ashley, and then you're going to rush through it. 
part three is available to watch. You can watch the whole trilogy right now. So you've part and it's one, set in the eighteen hundreds, I think. Sixteen hundreds. Oh, 16, nice. So they do so go. Anyway, the trilogy go is part one is nineteen ninety four, and it's very yeah. scream esque kind of. They also have um, a bit of a dawn of the dead thing. Cause it's set in a mall. It's very Stranger Things. Um, and then we go back to part two. It's in the 60s, 70s, and it's very Son of Sam. 78. That's, oh, okay. It's very Friday. That is Friday totally the Friday the 13th. Yeah. It's in the summer camp. And then I guess so we're going back to something that might be like Roanoke if it's the 1600s. Um, is it gonna, sure. Or is it going to be like the kind of the crucible? It'll be the witch trial, Salem witch trials kind of thing, won't yeah, it? I guess that would be great because I've only watched the first one, but obviously this is saying that they're all based in this town called Shady Side. So you have Shady Side and Sunny Vale, Clear Side right? or something. Yeah, Sunny Vale, Clear, Sunny, some shit. Yeah, Sunny Vale and Shady Side, and Shady Side is where all these murders have been happening throughout the years, and they have some really creepy af murderers that they've had like every it's yeah. a bit like it stephen king's it and i think that rl yes. stein would probably admit he's been you know I, oh i think he will he's say a he's a fanboy for kids or whatever so it, there's that sense of it in that every kind of 12 or 15 years there's been a spate of murders so yeah. like you say what i this is incredibly knowing the first episode i watched was really knowing because most of the kids in it i haven't seen before most of the cast i haven't seen before but it opens up in a in a mall with no other than Maya Hawke, who obviously was most lately thing seen Uma as Robin in Stranger daughter. Things. Yeah. And I think in the 1978 one, you've got Sadie Sink, who is Max. Is that what she's called? The redheaded one in Stranger Things. The she's one with in, Billy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is she they're, in the they're new not it shy... as well? No, she was not the new it. Oh, okay. Oh, she's redheaded actress. I can't oh, I'm Look sorry, being like, it's like It's like Jessica Chastain versus Bryce Dallas Howard. No, it's def she's definitely Don't not the new it. trigger Stuart. <laughs> but um, I like the fact they didn't shy away from that. And I think that... It's I, an homage, again, isn't I, it? Well, it's a homage, but it's also really quite fun and entertaining. And like you said, I mean, I, I don't know, it's pretty gory when you see someone in it the is. last 10 minutes get their head sliced open by a bread slicer. Your boys would think going to survive. Your boys would be absolutely fine with this stuff. But this is a certificate 18, which is annoying because I think make it a 15. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's it is super gory, but it's camp gory. And I think there's a real difference. So when you're looking at showing younger people violence, so to get an 18 certificate, you need to say cunt or you need to display sexual violence. That's really the only it's thing that gets you. It's the only thing that gets you an 18 certificate these days. But this gore is really camp. And I think the young cast, the jovial script, the general humor for the rest of the time makes it a safe, funny horror environment it's like watching scary movie to me and even scream the actual scream was pretty camp um i didn't yeah, think oh, we rewatched that 15 we rewatched year olds this. we rewatched scream <coughs> Halloween with my hi brian hi brian <laughs> brian loved um, it <laughs> we 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 rewatched that and <coughs> hang on hang on talk well but i will remind you then that's the Scream trilogy of the first films that me and partner with the good shouts watched together. So we rewatched them all the time, like on anniversaries. And we, I love horror films, but I remember being terrified by Scream when I was little. 
But looking back at it, it's really camp humour, and this is even camper horrible, isn't it? It should not be an 18. It's it's like rivers of orange red blood, but mixed with fart jokes. And the first and the first episode as well has a very sweet LGBTQ plus relationship at the centre mm. of it as well between like and I, I haven't, so I've only watched the first one, 1994. I believe now we're going to go back to 1978 and then to 1966. But there is, it, it, it's an open ending of here, 1666, but it's an open ending here as well. Mm. I, I just think I had not seen, I have a feeling, I've just started watching the second one as well. And, and um, oh, Gillian, not Gillian Anderson, but Gillian Jacobs, I think, from yeah. um, Community is in the very yeah. beginning of the second one. I have a feeling that they've cast the best known face at the beginning, a little bit like that Drew Barry, as an almost homage to Drew Barrymore casting in Scream. And then they when kill she was then off killed off within the five minutes. Right, yeah. And that's you love this. I don't know how it would have done had it maybe been released in cinemas, but I think as a straight to Netflix, I think it's... I don't know if during if it wasn't COVID, would it have gone to cinemas? I don't think so. I don't it's think so. It's a, it's a Netflix, Netflix classic. It's a, yeah, a, a sexy three-parter. I don't know why they didn't wait to release it close to Halloween, but it's doing pretty fucking well regardless. Um, and the director by a lady, Lee Janiak, has not done very much, you know. They've only directed a couple of episodes of TV before this, and this is spectacular. I love it a lot, and I cannot wait to see the third part, and this is, that's exactly what I'll be watching when we leave this stellar, non-annoying, young cast brilliantly written and a perfect mix of heartfelt relationships comedy and gore yeah but it should definitely be and as the parent watching as the parent watching because like i say you've got a homage to films that i grew up with a little like friday the 13th or scream i'm excited about the 1666 one because i'm not quite sure where that's going to come in from but we've already Mm. seen flashes back to that whole we we, i mean we all love a bit of kind of creepy witch trials the idea of middle-aged witch trials because it just my prediction though is because they keep going back and back and back and all this stuff's happening in the same area of land so if we do go back to salem witch trials it means the land has been stolen from native americans and there'll be a curse on the land i reckon that's like like the roanoke curse i think that's what will happen does that mean that Let's, opens up? Can... Sorry, does that mean that's going to open up space for them to be like a Fear Street Part Four or Part Five, where they maybe take I some tropes? I would love to see this run forever because I've fallen out of love with um, American Horror Story, which is a series I was obsessed with, from the guy who made Glee, and he would have different um, Ryan Murphy. Yeah, Ryan. But the Murphy new one was... come out of that. Not there's a new one due out. The last two I wasn't jazzed with, and I fell more and more out of love with them as they went on. They're getting a bit boring. This I would watch series of year on year on year for sure. Yeah, I, I like really it. enjoyed it, and I'm not very, and I'm not necessarily you're not into a horror slasher, fan of any no. kind, slasher or anything. But I really well, enjoyed it. Fear Street, all three parts now available on Netflix. Um, moving on to the next kind of dark thing to get it out of the way quickly, but I did really enjoy it. Um, I think I streamed this, so it must have been on Amazon and Netflix. I can't remember, I'm sorry. But it's called Raising a School Shooter. It's a one-off feature length um, meeting a few parents of prolific American school shooters. Um, 
the tide has changed. We're no longer naming the criminals because that's a big reason of why they do what they do. They like the notoriety. And we're switching the focus back to the victims. But another um, another thread of the conversation was always, who the fuck are these parents who've raised these kids? What a shit show. And a lot of blame was placed onto them. And this film visits a few of the parents and I don't know if they were picked specifically for this, but it's very sympathetic. These are educated, empathetic people who are shocked by what their kids did. And it's really interesting to hear from the inside, secondhand from the people closest to them, why they think their kids, who they thought were perfectly well-adjusted, ended up doing what they did. I was going to ask if it's kind of like a documentary, but... I'm a documentary version of We Need to Talk About Kevin, which is still one of the yes. most incredible, impactful books I've ever read. Yeah. And then was an Asian film, obviously, with Tilda Swinton and the guy who's recently popped up in the stand, and I wish I could remember his name. It's, um, um, it's, it's which a is that idea vibe. about yeah how how does it you know is it's na- is it nature or nurture did you have any idea was there any idea Could this you have done doc- anything this documentary this? falls hard on the side that it's societal um nurture which does this so not parental nurture computer game com- like computer games um it's not even no it's not computer games it's uh, yeah i don't want to give too much away but it's societal nurture and school pressures so there's a lot of um, onus put on, and I mostly agreed with what was being said by the fact that these kids were ostracised, bullied, tormented, and the schools did nothing. So a lot of the times, the parents would know nothing, really. You pack your kid off to school, they come home, they're like, yeah, it was fine. You don't really get much more out of them. You're hoping that the adults who see them every day and see them being tortured by the kids at school would just give the parent a heads up or there's hopefully there's more adults or more of a support system around people to be able to get something done or changed but as far as I remember each one of these kids were just tormented every day of their lives at school which would explain to me why they had such a lovely home life the parents didn't see anything wrong but they had a real bee in their bonnet to put it very lightly about these people they had to go to school with every day Um, but it's it's very interesting. I'm sure it will divide people. I read it a very specific way. Um, but see who's... There's not even really a side you come down on. But it was. it's very sympathetically um, handled because obviously these parents haven't been giving press interviews. They've been vilified for decades. But this documentary maker got them to talk. I noticed that obviously it's made by non-Americans, but I presume it's set in America. And is there any talk about the fact that, you know, part of the issue is how easy it is. We talked about Mayor of Easttown quite recently. Yeah. And that obviously finished on that sort of tragic note and, and you know, of, of who the murderer was, how it had happened. And, hmm. you know, a lot of it, it all, you know, the main blame, let's say, was laid on the American Eve of Gun getting culture. hold of guns and the normality of having guns in your house. And is there some of that in this too? Um, there, there is. I think it's kind of an afterthought, you know. The, um, the, the focus really is on the torment these children felt um, and the reason they felt they couldn't go on allowing their schoolmates to live or allowing the school they felt so underserved by 
to continue and then the afterthought was oh and now I feel this way I can just get my hands on a gun and that's an easy way out so it was kind of it was a last symptom I would say but it's it, it's 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 dark it's not it's not nothing's glorified they're not sexing up all these horrific mass murders that took place um and things like Netflix documentaries can often do that, and that turns me off a lot. But this was um, very thoughtful, and I did think about it for a long time after. So that's Raising a School Shooter, if you can find it anywhere. It came out this year, 2021. Excellent. We're about turning to something a lot more jovial. Jovial, we'll lighten the mood. Um, my one cinema trip slid in there. Um, whoop, whoop. Space Jam and New Legacy. Stuart, were you like me? Was Space Jam your fucking life in the 90s? I wouldn't. Was it your jam? It was, <laughs> it was my jam. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed the first one when I was a kid. I remember going and seeing it with my parents. I guess I would, I would have been very small. I guess I'd be, would have been the same age, weren't we, when we first saw that? Yeah. Um, Who was the sports ball guy that was in that one? Was it Michael Michael Jordan? Jordan? It was Michael Jordan. Of course it was Michael Jordan. I don't don't know know why you're talking to me about this. I think this one is LeBron James? It is, yeah. It is. Okay. And And they are the two basketball players. Then Dyer in it. (laughs) Oh, no, I know Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen's a basketball player. Yeah, from from the 90s. Um, I like how you know him, I don't know anymore. Charles Barkley? Nope. Oh, look at this into us. This is going to be so embarrassing. It's like white women can't jump. It's like discussing basketball. 48-year-old women from South Africa want to basketball. Well, um, anyway, I'm going to cease and desist and let you tell me about the actual movie. Is it mixed animation and live action, a la the original Space Jam? Um, yes, but obviously a lot more animation. Because it's Looney Tunes, isn't it? Yes. It's Looney Tunes. There are problems and there are great things. A problem mixed with a great thing, which will serve this new film as well. The original Space Jam, I can't actually remember the fucking storyline, but I remember loving it, and I don't remember caring, but I don't remember the storyline. This film doesn't really have a storyline that I could follow, or it was kind of loose and boring. But Stuart, what was the storyline? Do you remember in the original Space Jam? The storyline of the first one was that the the two worlds overlap i think that's just by design looney it, tunes so like roger who framed roger i Rabbit. think so yeah i think it was like that but but then what happens is aliens come oh no there's two separate worlds sorry two separate worlds human the human world and the cartoon world and in the cartoon world aliens invade um and then they challenge the warner brothers to a game of basketball to decide who's gonna keep that world for example so what all of the little tiny aliens do is they go to the human world and they extract all of the base of the basketball talent from Genius. all the professional athletes light years ahead of us exactly but then but then i think that the newly teams go one further and actually recruit michael jordan to come and teach them to play basketball and eventually yeah you know whoever wins saves the day sort of thing um and, yeah. and then of course as we know well then they stick true to form in this mm-hmm. so it's the it's the battle against two worlds but the two worlds are the internet and the real world. And you got Don Cheadle is the internet. So one AI, one guy is the internet. Um, and you got LeBron James pitted against his son who he's trying to 
pressure into becoming a professional athlete. But his son really likes coding and builds his own computer games. So Don Cheadle tries to lure his son over to his side. That's all very simple, very, very simple and loose premise, which carries a two hour film. Um, the one thing that kept me going, obviously the animation is fucking incredible compared to the original. Um, I enjoyed the mashup again because I love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You've got all these classic Looney Tunes characters um, up against big famous actors. But the other thing I loved, and Stuart, you, will, you love an Easter egg and you love an animated Easter egg. Mm -hmm. Every good animated character from every good animated series ever in the history of the world pops up for a second rick and morty pop up for a second oh wow that's cool yeah so i loved um seeing those guys it um i was bored though and that but i'm 30 fucking four i'm not i'm supposed to be bored by a you certificate children's film um, are you 34 or are you 30 fucking four you're like Monty's favorite YouTube meme. It's like, it's a goat. It's the fucking goat. No, it's, it's just a, a goat. goat. Have you seen Is that? that Peter fucking Frampton? Um, but no. No, there's a little Australian girl who's like, it's a fucking goat. And her mother's like, it's just a goat. And she's like, no, it's a fucking goat. Because obviously her mother says fucking all the time. I mean, think of that. And I'm 30, 30 fucking four. Linda, <laughs> you a bitch. You're probably um, not Space Jam Legacy's main thing. Is Zendaya I'm good? not their core demographic. Um, it's... I was quite bored throughout it. Again, I have a bee in my bonnet about two-hour films in general. You cannot have children sat through a two-hour film. It's not going to happen. Especially seeing as if they're used to stuff like the Lego movies are crack for the eyeballs. Like, that even stimulated me for two hours. This is not that. It won't keep them going for two hours. It was cute enough. And I was just buoyed by the little animated cameos. Nothing compared to the original, but I cannot um, side with the original anymore because of that horrific pedophilic soundtrack. And I... R. Kelly. R. Kelly? R. Kelly. <laughs> but I see that it's directed by Malcolm D. Lee, who did Girls Trip. Did you... Did it, well, I don't know why I'm going to ask you at this. Did either of you see Girls Trip? I saw With Girls Tiffany Trip. Tiffany Haddish. And yeah, so like he's, you know, that was an enormous, enormous hit. Although how much does that do with direction? How much does it do with this it's, sassy, all-female leads you have? Yeah, anyway. the writing here is okay. They do try and shove in some of those sassy bits of dialogue, but it's for kids, so they can't do it too much. It's currently sat on 4.4 out of 10 stars, which I think it deserves. I didn't see a whole ton of press going out for it, which was unfair because when this came out, Amer the USA was pretty much open and it could have had a huge fanfare opening, but we didn't get that over here. I follow a bit of Zendaya on Instagram and she did and she did wear the most adorable out because I, I don't know who she voices in this. Obviously she she plays the, the cute lady bunny. There you go. So the kind of general, and she she did she was I mean as we talked um Law Roach her stylist nails every primary outfit she ever does and she's a ridiculous red it. carpet presence it is yeah. ridiculous but when I'm more excited about the red carpet presence rather than the movie I think that's saying something as someone who loves movies yeah it's it's cute enough I'm glad um the Looney Tunes are not leaving us. I feel like this might do enough. It might make enough money to keep them on our screens. But being the horrible, ridiculous, 30 fucking four-year-old Asian person I am, 
you need to make something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit again. This is what they're trying to do, and this is what they're failing to do. That was a good adult film that kids were allowed to I'm watch. I'm not it sure that incredible. even lives that. I'm not even sure that dates that well. Oh, don't even care. Two things. First and foremost, a, rede- a redemption for the original Space Jam uh, soundtrack. It had Seal, Fly Like an Eagle. Thank you very much. We like Seal. Honk, honk. Um, we like Seal. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other thing, I, I haven't seen the film, but I have seen the trailers. And you mentioned again, it, all, it seems like an excuse for Warner Brothers to milk their intellectual property repertoire. Um, yes, but, which uh, they should be. Which they should be. But it, it does, it does from the trailers, it looks like a poor man's rendition of Ready Player One. They, mm, yeah, so colour palette wise, leaning heavy into the dot com tech gaming world that they're, they're trying to listen to their audience which they're hoping will be 14 15 year old people but it's not it's going to be eight nine year old people and they miss that hmm. as a eight nine year old person i can say that with <laughs> conviction it's it's okay um stick it on it's a boxing day film you know what emma okay that will go on your no. house on boxing day that's what it's for yeah i'm gonna put my hand up to say that my kids are now maybe a little bit too old but we are now into the summer holidays and i would urge any listeners to this podcast perhaps who have younger children i have really spent a lot of time watching some sub movies at the cinema just because it will get your get them out. small children who are under eight years old and it's socializing and you're in the cinema and it's, it, you know, it, it's a really positive thing. I think to, well, obviously I'd say that, but to instill <laughs> a love in your children, just even to go to the cinema, or the whole experience, the to cinema. go to the cinema, yeah. get into the seat, watch the whole thing. Even if the film is subpar, it, you know, it, no it's something adverts, that's not no just- No running to the kitchen, just sit and exactly, enjoy Exactly, no- no YouTube on 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 phones or what? So you know, it, there may be worse things to do. Although thirty-seven on Metacritic suggests perhaps not many. <laughs> there, there is a film coming out pretty much every month for the foreseeable that I'm going to go and see. Like for example, end of this month, Suicide Squad. I want to go and see that. If only mm-hmm. King Shark. I know Ash won't watch that. James Gunn's is this the James Gunn Suicide Squad? Yeah, the new one with um oh the wrestler guy um what's his face. John Cena. John Cena, he's in it, yeah. Oh, um, my John sweet Cena. angel baby. And directed uh, by James Dunn, the Guardians of the Galaxy guy, yes? Exactly. Yes, so yes, that that yes. could be quite good. And then, well, in August, we've... What else we've got? August, August. There was something I saw in August I wanted to see. Uh, it's not it. Top Gun 2, is it? It's, no, it's not Top it's Gun, not Top Gun, Gun 2. 2. I was looking I'm at it earlier, and I'm scrambling. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Whilst you at scrambles, Emma, I can't believe you're not the kind of family with your outdoor living and your multiple outdoor fireplaces and pool. Why don't you have a projector? We love doing that here, and it's just because there's nowhere in my garden. We project onto the side of our house. We've just got light-coloured bricks, and it's it's really it's a clean picture. So if you just literally tack a sheet up, it works. It's really fun. Get your ass over to my house for the first time in a year, Ashley, and maybe we can discuss this. You well, can let's help see if me. I have COVID mm-hmm. first, and then if I don't, I'll come over. The next <laughs> podcast will be the 50th. Just putting it out there. Special podcast. Oh, my God, we could do it at my house. No, we need to do it at your house to do it, because you've got the, the, the You've got the dingle trappers. And, yeah. yeah. and I've ruined my own point. I don't have I've ruined my I own point. I have to sit on top of my Wi-Fi. Right, anyway, I'm excited anyway. about this next one. 
because we're moving on to something that Stuart actually watched this week, as opposed to everything yes. else that's possible. And that's week Stuart couldn't be bothered the homework. No, 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 no. No one does homework anymore. We 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 all signed out of no, doing homework. I've, months I've ago. tried to sell Modoc and Monsters Inc. to Stuart because he will love them both. But anyway, we're going to talk about those next week. That's not what we're talking about now. Stuart stumbled upon this, and Ash and I are going to share our own feelings about it. So, go, Stuart. What did you stumble upon this week? So this week I stumbled upon uh, on onto Netflix and I figured I'm going to watch something because I have not sat down and watched anything apart from the standard staples I've been watching on Disney Plus, etc. for the past few weeks. So I decided I was going to sit down and watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. It just appeared at the top of Netflix. So it's a 2009 American comedy adaptation of the Rodal book from 1970. Um, it's got a star-studded cast. So we've got George Clooney playing Mr. Fox, Meryl Streep as his wife Felicity Fox, uh, Jason Schwartzman as their son Ash Fox, Bill Murray plays their friend Clive Badger, Willem Dafoe as Rat, one of the villains, Michael Gambon, Franklin, etc., etc., etc. Even Owen Wilson is in it as well. You know, go on. And unless you're, it's a, it's a stop-motion film, so you don't see any of the actors. They're all voicing the characters. So. When I was watching it, I didn't realise who some of the actors were. Now, having gone back and done the research, I said, well, yes, yes, that all makes a lot of sense. So, they've gone to a lot of effort to provide a good cast for this. And I think it's very important to provide good voice actors when you're going to the level of attention to detail you need to do for a stop-motion animation film. So, this is, this is the Beautiful. style of this film. It is beautifully animated all of the characters this is more than 10 years old Stuart can you believe that I know it's aged very very well I I wouldn't have thought had I not done the research afterwards it was a 2009 film but it's like if you were to go back and watch any of the Wallace and Gromits or anything like that then it's it's I guess it's because it's always filmed on a very small scale so I guess all of the effects are very condensed. So they... I don't know how this is different because because Wallace and Gromit is the famously plasticine stuff animation, isn't it? I yes. don't know how this is made. So I guess this one is slightly different. I think the ones uh, they're a bit more like figurines. They're like sort of they're, they're actually made of like material more um, Jim Henson, more Jim Hensony, a bit of fuzz and everything. And it's like, like is it tiny Jim Henson? Tiny Jim Henson's. It's like very sophisticated Sylvanian families, if you understand that <gasps> reference. I fucking love Sylvanian families. But of course, Stuart, it's also a Wes Anderson film, so it's shot completely like a Wes Anderson film. So it's completely that, uh, you know, that ultra... Widescreen square, box. Widescreen, you know, like symmetrical thing that he does with it's just all flat on landscape view that you get my thing i want to share about fantastic fantastic miss fox was we watch i think it was half term and i'm going to say it was 2011 because jago is definitely alive jago was a year and a bit and the twins were three and a half they watched this film i'm not kidding you 17 times over the space of half term it was wow. sort of half uh, that is how much as children Awkward. visually it drew <laughs> them in and i was actually like you know what this is amazing because it is 
the most brilliant adaptation of such a well-loved children's book. And I think because it's made by a very, I hate to say quirky, but very American director, picking up from a very, you know, he has, Wes Anderson has his own look. Very Roald unique Dahl visual is, style, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And from a very unique UK author. Yeah. Who, you know, has been dead for 20 years. Has Roald Dahl been, been dead for now, probably? Oh, God, so he would never put, I don't know, it's too very very specific artistic things that have come together i think in possibly the best role doll adaptation it's, it's other than maybe the original charlie which i'll touch hmm. so what about matilda what the fuck no i i would watch this over and over again more than the matilda more than matilda this you're a sadistic liar i have to say sorry, i am sorry, i'm the right age to have probably right age that i should have read the book I never read Fantastic Mr. Fox when I was growing up. I read I read all the other ones, Matilda and all SEO that. Trot, mm -hmm. The Witches. Sorry, exactly. the Twits. The Twits. The Look like witches. <laughs> that, that film. Did you read Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Did you read about the vermicious canids in Charlie and the Great? I'm not sure that you guys are. You know, I'm going to throw this out there. You guys are not the right generation. Me and James totally that's they were a bit yeah they're a bit retro for us i think when we i think they're a bit before your time so then we read them to our kids because there are our books our so books I, i'm not sure i'm not sure you should be bad about that i read a, i certainly read a few of them my grandparents has because they they they, they were old sense. enough books that they were well regarded enough <laughs> as being critical to children's literature that they were that's embedded and ingrained in british culture to the point that and i think it was a campaign by pg tips in the nineties, when got I got free books, didn't we? Exactly, they had they had free books on the outside of the packages, and so you got them. I as... thought it was cereal or something because so I had all the... Do you remember they were really thin and they were all lilac or yellow, and that's how I got all of them. Exactly, the... I was in the same boat. Yeah. Okay. The boys at the primary school. Now I know I have no longer. I have no children left at primary school at all. The primary school that all three of my boys went to. She's old they've as named fuck. All their classes are named after authors that are appropriate to that particular mm. year group. So, say for example, JJ just came. Kafka is year he, ten. No, he was <laughs> well. No, no. Six MB Marjorie Blackman. Four JKR. Four JK. So year four JK Rowling. Year three was rolled, it was three RD, three, three rolled doll. But oh. my point, no, I don't want my, no, I didn't have a point. It was just that, yeah. well, first of all, Stuart, Stuart dissed me by saying that he went to his grandmother's house and read, like, and I was like, this is like, I'm back in the woods and someone tells me I look like James's mother. And I'm like, well, rude, you know, Stuart, I mean, <laughs> but well, I think it's not necessarily it's one of the slimmer volumes of Roald Dahl but I think that what Wes Anderson does with it artistically is magical and I think it's one of those concepts when um a, a very very famous and um like you just said actually unique filmmaker comes together with a with, with a source work that is so well known and they just they make something that like you said Stu you watch this you can't believe it's like 11 no sorry 11 12 years old wow. and my kids at the age just were wrapped in it for an entire week i think it was a rainy nice. october and it saved my life for that particular week so that's pretty cool well, i was going to say is um two things so first and foremost i'm glad to hear that when you said they named your children's classes after was it authors rather than the books of an author because that would have been really unfortunate for the twits class 
Yeah. <laughs> Year three. Twitch is still one of the favourites of all of my kids, so they do love Twitch. Who doesn't love Twitch? But then, but then the other thing, as you say, it's 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 a very visually appe- appealing world, and I feel, as someone who hadn't read the book initially, you can feel that they're padding it out for the big screen. Oh yeah. And they because it's a British book, it's got that sort of weird twist in it where you can tell okay it's a british book they're selling it to an american audience so they're stuffing it full with american inflections whereas the entire setting throughout is very very british so now you mention it i remember from reading it there was a lot more focus on the farmers boris bunce and bean and those guys rarely pop up in this film they're like they're only referred to by name and you see them now and again but i'm sure the book told you lots more about their lives i'm gonna say you need to rewatch this honestly yeah? i think i may even go as I far saw as someone who made the royal tenenbaums and the grand oh, hotel budapest is my sweet i think angel. this is my favorite wes anderson film shut your I mouth really love this film yeah honestly i love it the best wes anderson film ever no no but you're my best wes anderson film not the same i do theme. love I it was, a lot okay i was underwhelmed by the grand hotel budapest and as much as, ah, oh, no, you know, is it Camp Moonlight? Camp, Camp Moonlight? Tenenbaums for me. Tenenbaums. No, no never Tenenbaums, because it's got Paltrow in it, obviously. Honestly. <laughs> I've, dressed up as, I've dressed up as Margot at least twice for Halloween, though. So I've also appreciated myself as Margot, but that's not what I mean. No, I was going to say, no, Moonrise Kingdom. It's this, it's oh, this or Moonrise Kingdom that. for me. I did love that. But you need to rewatch this because it is. I will do. It's spectacular. It's always inexplicably on. I think speaking to what we've just been talking about, um, the British TV guide around Christmas time is a thing to behold. If you need to know anything about sort of, especially very English culture, not even just British, look at what goes on on TV, Christmas Eve day, Boxing Day, leading up to Christmas, um, New Year's Eve. This is always on around Christmas. And I do love that about us. It's one of the few things I do love about us. <laughs> one, one of the on other- Christmas <laughs> scheduling. Good, good yeah, man, us. it's unfaltable. One, one of the other little, little bits I like that they sneak in as well. And there was a point, so I was talking about there being a star-studded cast and granted most of them are animals. So you don't really take the animated Rude. character and assign it to a person because it's the voice in the, the day the face is completely anthropomorphic but mm-hmm. the one that does stick out and had me sort of double doing a double take is the animated rendition of jarvis cocker jarvis cocker oh, provides the song for the fantastic yes! mr fox in this so he yes! There, so he provides the song on the soundtrack. I remember. Fantastic Mr. Fox, and then Fantastic Mr. Fox reprise at the end. And the character who's plucking away the banjo in the film playing the song is modelled on Jarvis Cockerley. He looks very familiar, Perfectly. exactly. And it's it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a fantastic rendition of him. And yeah, that a, was fantastic. Yeah, as a huge pulp fan. Uh, I think. Look at look at that. Look at us subtly reintroducing oh, the oldie now... but goodie when our content is thin. Indeed. But we know we're doing it. And we've now we realised that doing it. our bestie Wes really did tip his hat to British culture. He's really woven that through this special work of art of ours. I we also this. know that that means they're going to be talking about Nashville in the next six weeks or so. It's an oldie oh, but Emma, goodie. No, and also, happen, everybody wants happen. some. Everybody wants some. Everybody wants some. 
Oh, I forgot. If you want an oldie but fucking goodie, we're slowly working through that fucking poster that I got two birthdays ago. So I'm now I have, my, I have my first lockdown birthday, and I got this brilliant poster, the scratch off one from Partner with the Good Shouts. I think we finally watched twenty out of a hundred. He sat thirty fucking four year old. Nor an Irish six foot five million man sat and watched Mean Girls and did not hate it. Did not hate. We it. talked about Mean Girls, didn't we? I made what I think I made one one child say it all the way through. My it. I one think it was would watch Jago. Mean Girls. Really? Yeah, Judge Jago, no, lo- Judge Jago, Judge Jago, Judge Jago. He loved Mean Girls. Hmm. And oldies but goodies. If anything, there's something that we'll watch before November twelfth. That is all of the Ghostbusters films. Oh, that's okay. true. I oh, also Jesus watched um... Christ, we're almost coming up to Ashley's favourite time of the year, which is Halloween. <laughs> so I mean, close. I watched my first Christmas film the other day. I'm so excited. Oh, um, oh, we also God. watched Raiders because um, they're, they're currently filming the new um, uh, Indiana Jones. So we, we watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. Fucking holds the fuck up that shit. I love it. Right. We digress. Shall I move you on? Yes, from... please. Oh, these the goodies in please. something new, which I think, Ash, you've seen the first episode of. Is this what you said? I've seen the first three episodes I, of. You told me I would love it so much, and I normally ignore all of your um, well, ideas that. because I don't trust you. Um, but but then I, Ted Lasso, Ashley, took changed you at least life. nine months to come around to my way of thinking. I loved it, but I watched the trailer for this and then ended up watching the first episode because it's a musical. I didn't necessarily love the first musical, uh, the first episode, but I've now watched three episodes and love it. So this is Apple TV Plus, and it's it is called Schmigadoon with an exclamation mark, a la Brigadoon, and it is a mashup. So the creator Brigadoon, we are children. Well, Brigadoon is a Rogers and the Hammerstein musical, I believe, who are the same guys who wrote Carousel, and what's the other thing? No, they're definitely. Oh, you would know that because you love that. I would know that because I'm obsessed with Seven by Seven Brothers. No, that's that's not Rogers and Hammerstein. They are Carousel and oh, I'm going to tell you. Hang on, Oklahoma, of course. That's what Oklahoma, I'm Oklahoma, Oklahoma and South Pacific. Hang it, can I? Anyway, so I'm not e- and the King and the Sound of Music, but I'm not even sure that Brigadoon was written by them. Anyway, so Schmigadoon. It's a mashup between a musical, but it's also created by Lorne Michaels, who is your Ooh. Saturday Night Live creative guy for the last 30 years. He's the god years. of SNL. Um, yeah, Brigadoon is actually, uh, is Lerner and Loaf. So it's a bit, it's like a combo between Rogers and Hammerstein and Lerner and Loaf. So our premise here is that we have Keegan-Michael Key, who we love, is playing Joss and Cecily Strong, who I don't know that well, but I think she's Saturday Night Live, is playing Melissa. And the two of them are a very, very modern day couple. They are both doctors. They are cohabiting together. They, they are very much in a relationship together, but maybe they are not the right Living ones. Living in sin. Living exactly. in sin. Exactly, and they sin. go for a um, <laughs> hiking weekend and they end up stuck in a town called Schmigadoon. And it turns out they cannot get out of this town until they realize the truth of true love. And we have in the town Kristen Chenoweth, Fred Armisen, Fred Armisen, yeah, Dove Cameron, Martin Short, pops Alan up Cumming pops up. 
Well, yeah, Alan, yeah, Alan Cumming is your um, mayor of the town. Aaron Tveit plays the sort of carny, 1950s carny version. Lots of women of every... colour in this as well. So all the dance well, cast is women and it... men of colour. It's not, and, and, and also it's a very, very colorblind casting. For example, Alan Carlin, who is, to be fair, he is mayor, man love, who is clearly a closeted gay man, is married to a beautiful Chinese woman. The whole thing is, it, like I say, it's total colorblind casting. And it's a thing where you're taking all this, beliefs from the 1950s musicals but then throwing them under a 2021 spotlight because you have Cecily Strong who's mixed race Keegan-Michael Key who's also mixed race coming together they're both surgeons they both end up here they both end up being trying to be seduced by various 1950s musical cliches shall we say yeah and it's just a delight because the songs are pitch perfect pastiches of Lerner and Lowe or Rodgers and Hammerstein's musicals but also with a very, very telling modern day twist on it. And I'm three episodes, the first episode, Husband is a Bad Taste is fully into it. And I was like, I'm not sure. Well, he's a Hamilton in. bestie. Husband with a Bad Taste is Hamilton's top fan. Well, and that is a mark taste against is a him huge in my musical in my fan. It's one of many, it's one of <laughs> many, many things we have in common. But he does love a musical. Unlike you, Ashley, he was really mean about Hamilton. Um, I love a no, musical, it, and that's why I didn't like Hamilton. It's it, it's funny because the two of them have ended up there, and they, as a modern day couple, are also arguing over the fact that they both want to get the fuck out of Dodge, as it were. But they're like, "Well, how are we going to get?" And then they're also bitterly jealous of whoever they're hooking up with in order to try and get themselves back out of here again. Mm-hmm. And you have cliches, but you have it with a, a certain dryness and sharp writing. Every episode's half an hour. Three episodes in, it's frankly some of the most fun. And I haven't even had Jane Krakowski, Krakowski. come in yet. Jane and Chris and Jennerworth is playing Mothers Against the Future. So they just pop up looking like permanently like the famous painting in the US that I mostly know from Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, the guy with the pitchfork and his really... Oh, the American um, Gothic. America? Yeah. So, yeah, American By Gothic. They found it John Grant, like is that, that guy? I don't know, yeah. Well, let, well, you should know because you did do an art history teacher. Mm. But I'm not, I thought I don't I thought remember that shit. Don't remember shit. It's it is super fun. Like like you said, Fred Armisen is back in it. It's yeah. It's just it's a real good Apple time. TV this you know, it's this fun. Well. What's that? It's a real well, good time. Yeah, it, it's fun. It's fun grown-up entertainment. Not that you couldn't show it to kids, but they would have no interest. It's fun, nice, light-hearted, intellectual... Um, well, no, lightly intellectual grown-up entertainment, if you know what I mean. But it's not say trash. That, you say that. So next thing we're going to talk about Modoc, and there's not that much that... I always talk about this, about stuff that we try and watch, because we try and have, like, at least half an hour together as a family before... Mm. Bedtime, bedtime or back to YouTube or back, back to Discord yeah. or whatever it is your teenagers do. And so <laughs> they've been various <laughs> things that have been really good for that. Hi, Brienne. But, <laughs> hi, Brienne. What does Brienne do during this time? <laughs> well, normally sleep, Shout at you. but she's no, enormously tall Theo has just come down from downstairs. She's still freaked <laughs> out every time. She's like, it's a bit like me. She's like, holy shit, you've got another inch since you're up there. What's going on? You're now six foot one. That's Intruder. what her voice is saying. Okay. But I was going to say, this 
along with the new season of Ted Lasso, which we'll talk about probably in a couple of weeks, we've had a few more downloads. Yeah, is speaking to all of us. It's it's lovely and Ke- I mean, is there a more charming lead man I than Keegan Michael Key? Keegan Michael Key, what a great talent! No, he's fantastic. So if you have Apple TV Plus, start getting into Schmigadoon because it's just not like anything else you've watched. It's it's high end. It's definitely for musical fans. But I think there are it's a lot very, of us Yeah, around. it's it's good shit. So I was let down, as you know, Emma, by Hamilton as a musical fan. This is purity, pure musical. They've got and choreography you are gonna like and it more shit. as it goes on. Yeah, the choreography is great. It's almost a bit like that Dolly Parton movie watched as well with the toilet with, with the, the choreography is, is oh, on point. I love her. The casting is on point and the it, it's just that like I said, that whole idea of bringing the ethos of those 1940s, 50s technical musicals into a modern day scenario. And this is that is and something how ridiculous that was. But it wasn't, yeah, ridiculously fabulous because I'm not shitting on Hamilton needlessly, but those are the musicals we're currently being brought up with. That's what we have. And it's very different to things like 42nd Street and Oklahoma. Like, those are fucking musicals, man. And they're not really getting screen time anymore. We don't make them anymore. They don't set out theatres anymore. So we're putting them on TV as nostalgia. And I think it's working to keep them alive. And I'm here for it. Well, I think this is bugging me tonight because I think you're right. We're not watching those, but that's because perhaps there are questionable Very ideals questionable, laid out. But we can ideals use the same out style with new stories. But it doesn't make any difference because you are still watching people dancing at the top of their game, singing at mm. the top of their game, costuming and sets at the top of their game. Those we don't make stuff like that anymore. You we sit don't. there and watch because they're like expensive. Because you know they're expensive, and especially seeing on a tangent coming out of um covid even before this uh stage shows were having to get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper we're just not putting money into it so that's all that henry the eighth's wives show called six is doing so well because yeah. all you've got is you've got six actresses you've got a few band Singing. members that's all you have on stage it's cheap as fuck to produce you can't be having shit like um well yeah 40 seconds oh, i was gonna one. say Seven brides and like brothers. Fourteen main cast members. No, Mutiny was Sunita and David Essex where they built oh, the entire. Oh my god, that sounds incredible. About me, shit. In the this was the eighties when everyone had money to burn. But things like Starlight Express, money to burn on the sets. Like we don't do that anymore. Miss Saigon with its real helicopter. Oh, I saw that. It was gorgeous. Phantom of the Opera, they crashed a fucking um, chandelier into the audience. It was ace. They did. did. I've seen it a few times. Stuart, what's your favourite musical, babe? Well, just echoing on your point about Phantom of the Opera, not a musical, like Grant. No, it's a musical. It's It's a musical. It's a musical. I I really enjoyed that and the the, uh, chandelier crashing on the stage, but I think we all know that my favourite musical is is, is The Book of Mormon because it is filth and hilarious. Hello, my name Not is Elder Price. Not a lot Price. of choreography, so it doesn't count as a pure musical in my book. Oh, it's in, it's in the Hamilton the bin. Oh. <laughs> oh, actually, some Ashley, bins Ashley. are clean, like recycling bins. They're just different kinds of trash. Content. Anyway, 
to bring all of this to an end, if you are a musical fan, then you will be instantly sold to Schmigadoon. If you're not even a musical fan, I think you'll still be sold to it because it has enough of the Saturday Night Live vibe going on. And Great it's got enough up. sharp writing and enough fame. It, it has Apple TV on this, I think has really worked. Just like I think the morning show, which we yet haven't talked about on this podcast. The morning show has been a big hit for Apple TV. What this has, and Yeah, and Steve. I love that. Um, that was great. Steve and, Carell they, and Reese Witherspoon. They're, they're busy suing people, I think, because of the because they had some um, COVID shutdowns on their second Shit. season filming. So I think they're busy suing their insurance company because it's taking a long time for the next one to come out. And as we all know, in this day and age. You've got to have content to keep your people watching or listening. Mm -hmm. But they've done the morning show. They've done this. Ted Lasso won the most Emmy Awards ever. And we watched the first episode of season two. And I laughed at least 15 times. Your babe is still yours. And husband is a bad taste, babe. Sweet man. Your sweet, sweet Brett Goldstein. Yes, you. Can I be very, very excited for a moment for all the things and all the content coming out until mm. the end of the year that I'm very excited to go and see in the cinema? Is it a Star Wars thing? No, actually, there's no Is Star Wars. Is it a Marvel thing? thing? Maybe. <laughs> Is <laughs> it Top Gun 2? It's in there, so I'm going to run through Emma, it. Come. So I was trying to say earlier, I was trying to say there's loads of stuff in the cinemas pretty much every month until the end of the year to look forward to, for me anyway. Um I, August, skip August, because August is a bit dry. But from 3rd of September, we have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Marvel. We've got Venom, Let Lady Carnage, Sony Marvel, but Marvel nonetheless. We've got Gunpowder... I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, Gunpowder Milkshake. I know, I know, but I can't help myself. So Gunpowder, like Gunpowder Milkshake, which is a, a very strong female-led action film with Karen Gillan. Um, we've got... Um, Ginger, one of Stuart's gingers that he loves. She's done that. <laughs> Um, on the 30th of September, No Time to Die, the long-awaited Bond film everyone's been waiting for. Then we've got <sighs> October... Sorry, 20... when's, when's Bond coming out? Bond, October. 30th November. of September. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that's sooner. Oh, I'm excited, actually. Yeah. I'm quite excited about that. And then I bet Kendrick will make, him take, will make me take him. That'll be something I'll have to take Kendrick to. And, and, and then we've got <sighs> June on the 21st of October, so that's a big one that's I'm not excited about that. Oh, I am, I am. Ghostbusters Afterlife, right. that's the 20, the 12th of November. Yeah. That's Timothée yes. Chalamet, isn't it? Is that Tim, Timothée, Timothée Chalamet? It's is not going to be you? as good as the all-female one, but it's going to get better reviews. That is my no, prediction. No, no, I'm talking about, my, are we back on June? June is Timothée oh. Chalamet and Zendaya, isn't it? It's Zendaya, but I don't know about the other one. So I think it's Timothée, cool. Timothée Chalamet. And then we've got Top Gun Maverick, 19th of November. Yes! Yep. I'm in. There we go. There we go. We've got on if the If I'm not watching that next door to Ashley, just prodding her. Take partner with a good shout. You can you can cry together. 17th of December. Take partner with a good shout. Leave you. 17th of December, Spider-Man No Way Home. Ashley doesn't care. 22nd of November. This one snuck around. The Matrix no, no, 4. No, second. Spider-Man No Way Home we've already had, haven't we? No, 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 no. Spider-Man Far From mm-hmm. Home. Yeah. Now Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, that's complicated. I know, right? Okay. And then yeah. The Matrix 4, the 22nd of December. That one snuck around. They haven't even released a trailer for that Shut yet. Shut up. In between making John Wick, he squeezed in another Matrix. Because you know also, how some of that taste yeah. is nothing other than what's John Wick on a loop. Stuart, you incredibly rudely missed out the new Halloween film I've been waiting for for two and a half years. Go on. Which comes out on October the 15th. 
starring Jamie Lee Curtis reprising her role as Michael Myers' sister. It's rated R currently, which means it's going to be fucked up. Ah. And Is it, it Halloween 920? Halloween Kills. Pretty much. Halloween Kills. Um, Judy Greer's in the second supporting um, like role, Greer. so she's going to be great. And Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, Kyle Richards is back in it she starred as the little girl with the long black hair with the fringe in the very first film she returns husband bad taste had to, husband bad taste and i went to go and watch halloween at h2o in the year 2000 in harare and it was the most terrifying experience of my life because her eye was really quite violent at that point. And the woman at the box oh, office dear. was like, you guys need to get your shit out of here because as backpackers, entitled white people, just shimmy on, just shimmy on. And, it, and We James just want Wayne, to take in uh, some Halloween culture. What are you well, talking about? Well, we watched about? a double bill, I think, of that and something else. And it was really late at night and it was in the middle of the one cinema there was in Harare. And it was, it was, it was really terrifying. I've, I'm just going to share that with you. I've committed a cardinal sin. What have you done, Stuart? I've I didn't remember remember the fifth of November, which is when Marvel's Eternals comes out. I skipped Great. it on my list. I'm so excited. That's because I'm not sure it looks that good, though, Stuart. It's like okay, reunion of the King of the North and you know the bastard Son of the North, a bit of Kit Harrington and the Kit. But I'm not sure about that. I'm I don't not know. Sure. It's Marvel, and I am a huge Marvel fan. I have to watch it, otherwise I'm a hypocrite. I can't wait till the podcast is. I can't wait till we still have a podcast to discuss that. I hope we don't <laughs> burn it all down. <laughs> Oh, that is I'm going to burn everything down. Much. I want to burn everything gosh, down. So, <laughs> so tune in next week for Modoc, Ted Lasso, <laughs> and Monsters at Work. <laughs> and some other shit I've been binging that's eight years old. Love it. <laughs> Have a great fucking week, guys. Love you massively. Enjoy Stuart, the Olympics. Say cunt one time. Cunt. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, very I, I've been very good this episode. Managed that just then. Oh, All like, right. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Follow, 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 like and subscribe. Bye. Bye. Bye.